Episode 60 at Winning at Work with Nicole Supko. She's the vice president at Upton's Naturals, and she's a board president at the Plant-Based Food Association. And that's why she joins me today. I was really curious. I wanted to learn more about why did the plant-based food companies come together, form an association, and what are the benefits for those companies? We got into the threats and the regulations and the other industries that are coming at the plant-based food association through the legislatures. And it's made it quite difficult for these plant-based food organizations. So if you're a big supporter, there could be some opportunities for you locally to be an advocate, you know, into your own state legislatures to help these companies kind of get rid of some of these onerous regulations. You'll find out a little bit more about that in the episode and she's very knowledgeable about what's happening there. So uh, it's going to be a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Join Us Search Group. Join Us is a national food and beverage executive search firm. They specialize in placing sales, marketing, innovation, and operational professionals. So if you're a CEO or you're a general manager, maybe you're a vice president over one of those functions, and you've got a critical need or you're doing succession planning, or frankly, you've just lost a, a person in the organization because it is such a hot market and people are changing jobs, contact Join a Search Group. We'll put together a customized search program, and we'll scour the industry to find the very best talent. Guys, if you're enjoying the episodes, if you're listening to it here on LinkedIn, share it on LinkedIn to help increase the executive's influence and the subject matter you know, throughout the people in your network. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or one of your favorite listening platforms, I hope you uh, subscribe so you can listen to all the episodes as they come out. Right now, I'm on a Tuesday-Thursday rotation. They come out twice a week because I've got so many guests that want to be on and things that we're talking about. So I'm publishing now about twice a week. Sit back, enjoy this episode with Nicole. Nicole Supko, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. So you are currently the vice president at Upton's Naturals. And you are the board president at the Plant-Based Food Association. Is that correct? Yep, that is right. Well, that's a, that is a huge accomplishment, being one of the uh, founding board members. And I'm really curious to know, how did this even come about? Why did the you know, plant-based companies decide to come together? What was the, the, the mission or the thought behind that? You know, yeah, you know, a lot of um, companies like ours, uh, especially those plant-based companies that are making alternatives to animal products, um, a lot of us were facing the same kind of regulatory issues, the same kind of legal issues. Um, We had the same kinds of, you know, labeling and ingredient sourcing questions. Um, And so by... Uh, coming together and forming this organization, it really gave us a united voice, a place to connect with each other, to communicate with each other, and um, and support the overall growth of the industry. So, how did you and Upton's become the the beginning phases of this? Was this your? I mean, what what's the backstory behind that? 
Yeah. Um, you know, there had been a group, um, that was kind of discussing the idea, uh, and at one of the natural product expos, um, Jamie from Tofurky came, you know, came up to me and we were chatting and he said, Hey, what do you think about this thing? Do you want to get involved? And I said, yeah, sure. And, and you know, <laughs> however many years later, here we are. It's a smart move because you've got all these essentially startup companies with the exception of a few that have gotten a lot of funding and are, you know, public and just really, really large. Most of you guys are still in that forming, storming and, you know, expansion mode. So it makes, it makes perfect sense that you would all kind of band together. Do you get involved in any sort of discussions around sustainability or uh, advocating for, you know, more plant-based foods? Is, does that missionary work kind of come into the board or to the organization as well? Yeah, I guess first I'll say that, you know, a lot of our member companies have been around for a long time. You know, Tofurky's been around for a long time, Follow Your Heart, decades. Um, even, even us at Upton's Naturals, we've been around for 15 years. But, uh, but you're right. The reality of our industry is that we're constantly growing and expanding. So I think people perceive um, plant-based foods as, you know, as a, as an almost totally startup industry. Um, but a lot of, a lot of these, uh, players have been around for a long time and have really, really, um, set the stage for the things that you're seeing happening now where, where plant-based is and plant-based and meat alternatives and dairy alternatives are really at the, at, you know, the forefront. Um, so thank you for clarifying that because you're, you're, you're really referring to the, the early stage pioneers who were doing all the work behind the scenes. And then these last couple of years, it's really just blown up. And a lot of the companies that I've talked to, they are new. So thank you for, um, really kind of clarifying that this is not new. Yeah, no, it's not new. And, and, and I think it is a, it is, um, an interesting distinction that, you know, the things that we're seeing now where, you know, you can't, you can't leave the house without seeing something or you, even in your house, you can't avoid seeing things about, about plant-based foods. But, um, but that is the result of literal decades of work by, you know, some really amazing pioneers in this industry. So I, I think that, that, that's very, um, that's very exciting. Well, and there's a lot of energy that's been building up and it's really now, coming to this crescendo. So what, what do you think the trend is behind this last couple of years? Why is it so much more visible and hitting more menus? What's the, the reasoning in your opinion? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I guess whatever I say is probably just my opinion. Uh, but I <laughs> well, we're, we're in the opinion business. Perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, people are just ready for this. I, I, I think that for years, you know, the way that I've always looked at this industry and I've been with Upton's Naturals for over 10 years. Um, so I've been, you know, doing this for a little while. Um, and the way that, that I, that I've always looked at, at this industry, uh, as a vegan, because I, I've also been vegan for um, 20 years, um, more, maybe more than 20 years, uh, is, um, 
you know, that there's a lot of organizations, there's a lot of really great, mostly non-for-profits that have been setting the stage for why, um, we collectively need to alter our diet, why we should change our diet for, you know, for animal cruelty reasons, for environmental reasons, sustainability reasons, all of these reasons. Um, and this industry, you know, we're, this industry are the ones that, um, that provide those solutions. So, you know, if you do want to cut back on your meat consumption, if you do want to cut back on your dairy consumption or eliminate those things completely, here's the answer to doing that. It's not necessarily um, something that you have to just completely give up on. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of, of options out there, and, and these are the companies that are creating them. Yeah, you've got people who are completely on board, and then you have that new, what, flexitarian that's mm -hmm. experimenting with how do I substitute and take out cheese or take out meat for some of these meals. I've had some interesting conversations, though, with other entrepreneurs in this space about really the role that plant-based food should be playing in the marketplace instead of trying to replace a you know, a hamburger or something, it should be like its own category. Like if you're craving a hamburger, that's the issue we should be solving <laughs> that you're craving a hamburger instead of, mm. Oh, here's your hamburger craving, you know, let's mm -hmm. put it as that is, is where does that fit in this discussion of, of plant-based foods? I think, um, that it's almost like this industry is evolving in two directions. And I think that both of those directions are really important and are going to continue to, um, you know, kind of scratch an itch for people. So there are those companies that are moving towards, you know, one for one solutions like that, like that, you know, quote unquote, realistic, like hamburger replacement. Um, but on the other hand, there are companies, um, kind of like ours, like, 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 uh, at Upton's naturals, you know, we aren't necessarily seeking a one for one replacement, but we're moving more towards, um, or we have, you know, historically offered products that are more, um, whole food, plant-based ingredients. Um, so, you know, we started as a seitan company, um, seitan, the, the ingredients in seitan are basically just wheat, water, and spices. And we, you know, have often said that it's about as processed as a loaf of bread. So, you know, seitan is an option. We, we also, you know, several years ago, we launched a, a seasoned, um, jackfruit, um, the first in the U S like that, uh, which it, which is a whole food meat alternative. Um, so I think that, that, that whole spectrum of plant-based products is going to be super valuable in giving people options and helping them change, you know, whatever it is that they, that they want to change about their diet, because there is going to be an option for everybody. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting debate. Yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, I, so my background, even before working in this space is that I've been vegan since 1996. So I've spent a lot of time as a vegan and the, you know, the, the way that I've seen the available products on the market evolve over time has been amazing. Um, and I think, 
you know, for me personally, my eating style has never just been that I need an exact replacement for the foods I was eating before. I just needed something that I liked as much. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of things out there, uh, that people are going to like just as much as, you know, whatever, whatever animal products they're eating. I like the way you say that, just that you like it just as much. And that's really what it should be, right? It's just, you find something that you like and you like it as much and it just fits into your lifestyle and you're, you grab and go and you, you know, continue on. I'm really curious though, about the, about the board and how it supports the, the member companies. And perhaps there are some smaller companies or even maybe some larger companies that are maybe wanting to kind of join the plant-based food association. Can you tell me a little bit about more about, you know, how it helps and supports and some of the, the issues and how they, you know, come together and discuss it. Do you have, you know, uh, conference calls, zoom calls? Do you, you know, do you meet yearly? What's the, set up for these companies and what types of companies should be considering um, joining? So the board of the Plant-Based Foods Association is made up of its member companies. So as a trade, as a, as a, as a trade association, um, we exist uh, by and for our member companies. So, you know, that's kind of the heart of, of everything that we're doing is, is in support of, you know, the things that, that our members are telling us. And, you know, that we know also because every board member also works for a member company, um, that we are facing. Um, so that's kind of our whole, our whole purpose is that's is your being. That's why you're there. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly why we're there. So, um, so we have a variety of activities, um, that range from, you know, lobbying efforts, both at the state and federal level. There are, there, there are, and have been a, a number of laws primarily relating to labeling that have come up in the past few years, um, that are targeting our industry. And so, um, you know, addressing those, confronting those head on, um, you know, solves that immediate problem, but also hopefully solves the problem down the road of further legislation like that being pushed. Um, the other things that we do, we do have regular um, member calls with different topics and presenters and information. Um, for our smaller companies, um, we have a mentorship program uh, where you can be paired up with um, a mentor at you know, a, a company that's a little bit further down the path, um, to help kind of answer your questions and, and point you in the right direction. Um, so there's that a number. So yeah. Oh, that's just, <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Uh, you know, that's what every CEO or, or, you know, co-founders, they, they've got this beautiful idea that it's, it's come out of their kitchen. There was some kind of need in the family, whatever was the, you know, origin Mm -hmm. And then they, then they enter the world of consumer packaged goods. And it's like, what have I done? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is a lot to learn. Um, I mean, from my point of view, you know, our company, uh, our, our, we have, 
you know, our, our founder, um, I, like I said, I've been working with him, um, for the past 10 years. Um, and we have figured a lot of things out ourselves because we are still privately owned a hundred percent privately owned. So we never had, uh, the money to spend, to get the expertise. We had to be the expertise. So, um, you know, I love that mentorship program because whatever I can do to make that path easier for, you know, the, the companies that are, that are coming up, I am thrilled to do it. Yeah. And you certainly protect that equity, you know, when you don't have to go out and take a a round of of funding or seed funding, which a lot of these companies do just to keep up and try to get the, you know, and get the product out. Well, I think it's important. Just one thing. I think it's important to note because I think that we're living in kind of a world where, where, um, people believe that the only way to succeed is that path like that. Like, I can't tell you how many times people are like, just go on shark tank. Like, just, like, just get an investor. Yeah, just that's give away you're... 50% of your company. Yeah. Which is fine. That That's a perfectly legitimate path. You know, obviously there's a lot of companies that are really successful doing that. Um, but that doesn't have to be the only way. Like there's no reason why this industry um, shouldn't have, you know, owner operators, you know, smaller, larger, a huge variety of different kinds of companies, different kinds of structures, different kinds of ownership. I think that that is really healthy. And so I think that, you know, just letting people know, like, can you, you know, can you make a comfortable living by running this company in, you know, regional selling regionally? Like that's just as legitimate. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's almost, you know, how do you define success? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you really have to be a national distributor? Can you not, you know, fulfill your goals, you know, in, in a regional market? Yeah. Yeah. What are your goals? (laughs) Exactly. You know, and and that kind of, again, comes back to the, the motive behind why some people get into this industry in the first place. So I think it's kind of an interesting conversation, right? You could have these two forces playing against each other or they could work in harmony and you guys have apparently very successfully done it without uh, the funding. So you might call that bootstrapping and you you know, your own revenues, your own profits, then you plow back into the business and you mm-hmm. use that for your growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe that way of working was easier, um, 15 years ago when we found it just because there weren't as many players and there wasn't as much money <laughs> being invested in the space, you know, now, um, you know, now our, our quote unquote competitors are coming in with, with just seemingly endless marketing budgets and all of these things. Um, but you know, I think it's still possible. I I don't know. (laughs) I'm glad that we did it the way we wanted to, I guess. But you bring up a, uh, a fascinating kind of side point. Money is just about free these days. <laughs> right? I yeah. mean, you look there, at Well, it seems like there's a lot of it. <laughs> there's a lot of it being pumped out there and you you see it in the real estate market, you know, housing prices are going up because interest rates are as histor- historically low and it's the same way for for business lending. So you've got a lot of that, a lot of those pressures 
Um, it's probably pretty enticing to, to some people. Now, you may not want to get into this, but I'm sure someone heard a comment you made and they might want me to follow up on it. So you can pass or you can answer if you like, but you did mention that there were some laws that you thought were, uh, you know, kind of targeting the way that, you know, your late, you know, things are, are labeled. I'm sure that would warrant a follow-up question if you, if you'd like to expand on that, it sounded kind of interesting. Yeah, sure. Yeah, actually, um, the the PBFA and some of our other member companies and also us here at Upton's Naturals have all been um, plaintiffs in different uh, in different lawsuits um, trying to remedy laws like this. Um, we're we're currently involved. Uh, Upton's Naturals and the PBFA are involved in a lawsuit in, uh, currently on this issue um, in uh, Oklahoma. Um, but, um, yeah, there have been, um, a number of state level law labeling laws passed, uh, about the way in the way in which, um, for example, a plant-based meat can, uh, describe their product on the package and getting down to like very specific things, you know, font size, proximity, um, all of those things. And the issue kind of with it is that um, if, if these laws, well, first of all, the issue is that, um, is that these laws are primarily uh, put forward by the Cattlemen's Association and are being pushed through by lawmakers that are friendly with the Cattlemen's Association, which goes to show the importance of trade associations for industry. Um, But uh, these laws primarily claim that products like ours are deliberately deceptive, are are deceiving the public, um, which is not the intention at all, um, for a company like ours. It's, you know, plant-based is growing. Um, the fact that our products are not made from animals is a point of pride for our companies. And so that's something that we are trying to clearly communicate on our package, not something that we're trying to obscure, but the, but the issue, um, with these laws is that they're saying, you know, we're using, words that are commonly attributed to meat, um, you know, words like burger, bacon, um, even milk on the, on the dairy side. And, um, you know, what our, what our position kind of is, is that these words, um, don't indicate ingredients rather they indicate something about usage. So they're, they're letting people know, okay, I get this home and, you know, it's a burger. So I know what to do with a burger. If we call it, you know, a, a, a wheat and pea mash, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> right. Wait, what do I do with this thing? Exactly. exactly. It's, a, it's marketing, you know, it tells people how to use the product, you know, what's it for? Of course. I- yeah, exactly. So, so I think words like that, you know, that are, are, have evolved already. Um, I, I mean, you know, when we have a burger, um, what is it made from? Is it, is it made from cows? Is it made from turkeys? Is it made from, um, fish? Is it made from, you know, so even now the word burger doesn't indicate, um, 
ingredients. The same thing with bacon. Is it pig? Is it turkey? Now, is it wheat? Is it soy? Is it, you know, so these words um, have already, you know, the, the, the usage of those words has already expanded, but now that it's expanding in these ways, it's becoming threatening in some ways. So, um, so I think it's really important that we speak up about that. And in addition to that, you know, the, the FDA, um, already has rules around how, you know, how our nutrition labels need to look, how, what kinds of claims we can make on the packaging, all of those things that, you know, our companies are following. Um, the problem is that if, if individual states decide that they know better or they know differently than the FDA and they start implementing different state level laws, well, it's not practical for, for our companies to have a different package in every state. It's, you know, distribution doesn't even work like that. Um, so it becomes just, a really difficult situation. In fact, the case that we had, um, I think it was already a couple of years ago now in, in Mississippi, um, actually made, uh, selling, a you know, mislabeled per their, their, their new regulations, selling mislabeled meat alternatives in the state of Mississippi, um, criminally punishable. I think it was up to two years in prison. Who goes to prison? You know, is it our, President. The whole supply chain? <laughs> yeah. It, who, I mean, is it the, is it the retailer? Is it the distributor who, you know, I mean, it, it, yes, of course probably, it's, it's a ludicrous yeah. argument. It's a ludicrous argument, of course. Right. So it's just, I mean, a lot of these laws are just not practical. Um, and, and I, and I struggle, you know, with whether they're intended to be practical or not, or whether they're just meant to discourage business, whether they're meant to discourage our expansion. Um, at any well, rate. we're in the opinion business now, aren't we? So I can give you my opinion, and I would say they are there as stumbling blocks. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, yeah, it those certainly are stumbling seems blocks. <laughs> right, well, it's... And that's why you come together as a trade association and you have your lobbyist. Exactly. Yeah. So that's something that work I think has been really important um, in, like I said, in addressing, you know, those things as they come up, um, but also hopefully in discouraging future challenges like this, because, you know, there's, <laughs> there's I mean, it's a, a tough, it's tough yeah. because what you what you don't want well maybe from your point of view you would want this to be federal because then you could go to one single point of contact if you will within the FDA and it be handled nationally but you've got this big movement where you know states want to exert their own power so which they have the right to do so it's a i could see that very it's a very complicated situation because states do have the right to decide what they want and so Where's that happy medium? Right. Yeah. I think from our perspective, it just, it, it makes the, the whole situation, you know, more complicated. Um, if, if in every state of 50 states, like ultimately we're supposed to be meeting a different standard in terms of our product packaging, I can only imagine 
I, I would love actually to see someone do this, take all of those proposed rules and try to make a package that, <laughs> that, that, Oh my God, uh, what would it look like? <laughs> yeah. Right? That, uh, that's actually a, all right. So for you graphic designers that are out there, um, Nicole wants to see a sketch <laughs> what this thing would look like. Well, and there's an attorney out there somewhere, you know, that that's listening to this and they're saying, he's probably saying, come on guys, all you need is to get some uh, precedents, you know, and then you can, you know, push through the other States. Well, I don't want, you know, I, I wanted to give a quick follow up to that. It is, it's fascinating. It's challenging. This is what you're dealing with. And that's one of the benefits of joining. So, uh, I imagine whatever the, the fee is to, to join, you know, it, it goes to, to fight for everyone's, um, right, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a large part of, of the work that we do is, um, is not only, um, addressing these laws when they're passed, but, you know, also trying to prevent them from being passed in the first place, from keeping an eye on different, you know, the activities in, in different state legislatures, um, to see when these kinds of laws are uh, presented or, you know, sometimes they're kind of added in the, these, these kinds of things are added in with other things that are expected to pass. Um, so just keeping, you know, keeping an eye on all of that is, is a tremendous um, job. It's a tremendous job because I'm in a nonprofit and we work to establish a grassroots organization and you try to, and you are establishing grassroots in every, in every state. And when I was thinking about this podcast ahead of time and thinking about your board, the desire to create advocates is, is necessary, you know, to mm -hmm. some degree, some level of influence. And that's really what you want in all these states. You want the citizens who are advocating to who? Well, to the state legislatures. Mm-hmm. Because they're mm -hmm. the ones who can stop. They're the ones who can create a a sanctuary state, right, for plant-based foods, right, where you're not going to put these onerous regulations in. So that's it, my take on it. I, I'm, I could be way off base there, but that's uh, yeah. how I know other advocacy groups work through the grassroots into the state legislatures. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, you know, we have member companies and, you know, I don't know if we have member companies in every state, but probably nearly every state. And, um, and certainly the people living in those states, um, are also valuable advocates, um, against, you know, these kinds of things. The other, you know, the, the other thing about that is, you know, when we're, when we're facing these, these kinds of laws, you know, I've had people say like, oh, well, you know, what do you, expect from these states in the middle of the country or whatever. Well, I'm from the middle of the country. Um, and I don't think that anybody in the middle of the country is, you know, stupid. I think, you know, I think that they understand when they buy plant-based foods, they understand what they're buying. When they see that on the shelf, it says vegan, they understand what that is. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't think that they need this kind of like quote unquote protection. Um, I think that this is making things more difficult for the average consumer rather than creating any clarity for them. Um, and, and, and so I, you know, I, 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 I love the consumers of Mississippi and Oklahoma and, you know, in, in Illinois where I live. <laughs> 
And of course they know it's, it's a plant-based, you know, alternative. It's, it's very obvious. And I do think it's a stumbling block and, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's good. Good that you're standing up and that you're fighting for it. That's the American way fight, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, you know, make your voice heard. Uh, so when, so a company that is in this space, what would be your appeal to them? Why would, other than this is a huge reason to to join to help with that, with those regulations are there other reasons why a, a company should should want to become a member in in this trade association yeah i mean we have a lot of support we have data um you know we have we as an organization we're you know doing research projects and data projects. And so we have data for you that's helpful in your sales pitches, um, that's available to members. Um, I think that there's just a lot, there's a lot that we have to offer and we're, you know, continuing to try to expand on that to, to create more benefit for members. That's something that we're really working on. Um, we have, um, a plant-based, seal. Um, so an NSF, um, seal that you can put on your products if you want to make, you know, it like quickly, easily recognizable, make them quickly, easily recognizable on the shelf as plant-based, um, certified plant-based. Um, I think that we just have a lot going on, you know, we're, we're past the five year mark now with the PBFA. And so we're, so now, you know, now we're past like that startup point of the organization and we're ready to like really, really get going. I think it's a very exciting time for the organization, for plant-based foods to be in this space. Um, and I don't know, it's kind of nice to do it all together. <laughs> well, and you're just a wonderful spokesperson for it too, because this is obviously very, you know, a passion of yours. This is not a, a fly by night uh, business venture, right? This is something that you've been involved. I mean, you've been living this lifestyle for, for two decades and now you've, in the last 10, you've been, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> totally living it, right? I mean, you, it's everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, I think that's great. I know you probably don't have all this data just, you know, at your fingertips, but you, you did mention all these research projects. Do, do you have anything kind of interesting, like a, a juicy nugget, some kind of trend that's going on? What, what, uh, what might, people not know? Oh gosh. Um, so (laughs) I am not, I am not a data person. Okay. okay, Um, but, um, but I know that the PBFA and GFI, um, recently undertook a large, um, data, data, um, project, um, that is available on the plant-based foods association, um, web plant-based foods association website that will tell you so many amazing facts. There's charts, there's graphs, um, about the growth of, um, of plant-based foods, uh, across, uh, across, you know, all categories. It's, it's really very exciting. It seems like it's in every city, every state. I've asked this question before. I've been trying to get to the bottom of where is a hotbed, but it's pretty evenly distributed from what I'm hearing. Yeah. One of the, and again, I don't have the exact statistics, but one of the things in that study, uh, there's kind of a, there's kind of, it shows a map of where, uh, at what rate the sales of plant-based foods are increasing. And, um, it's, you know, it's not just the coasts, um, but the sales of plant-based foods are increasing, um, in every part of this country. 
Yeah, well, good. I thank you for confirming that because that's that's what I've heard as well. Well, because you do work with entrepreneurs, do you have any advice for entrepreneurs? I know that's a big softball. You can go anywhere you want with that, but knowing the problems and challenges that you, you're hearing about in the mentorship pro- programs, if there's an entrepreneur out there listening, what what would you tell them at this point? Mm-hmm. I, I think um, the things that have been really valuable uh, for us have been, um, you know, making friends in the industry, you know, communicating with other, you know, not being afraid to reach out to other companies like yours, build those relationships. You know, sometimes, um, you have a question that just nobody else can answer. You know, nobody else knows what it's like to work with these distributors or to have these situations come up. So building those relationships is really valuable. And I think also, um, just like I said, like, don't, your company doesn't need to look like anything else that you're already seeing out there. I think, um, that there's, you know, in all aspects of business and of life, like there's a lot of room for, for innovation, not only in products, but in the way companies are run, the way they're structured, the way, you know, the ideas people have. Um, and so I, I would really encourage people to, you know, keep thinking about that. I I don't think that, um, the industry benefits when, um, you know, all the companies are just trying to replicate each other. I think that there's, there's, there's still a lot of innovation that could happen. Um, and so I'm excited to see what, what people do. Yeah. I'll be really, I'll be interested to see what changes in the supply chain and, or through the distributors, because I know some of the organic companies, they struggle with that you know, delivering mm-hmm. fresh food really quickly, you know, and getting the volume up, you know, they, they like to do small batches and having to do larger batches to meet the demands of a, a larger distributor, really, really challenging. So it really seems like there needs to be more disruption in the supply chain If I, and from what I'm hearing. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that would be really interesting. Um, you know, there's outside of what's happening regionally, you know, nationally, there's only a few avenues. <laughs> There's only a few national distributors, especially for natural. So, um, count them on one hand, right? Yeah. I can count them on half of a hand. Probably. I know. I was, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say three, but I thought, okay, I'll just say a hand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but so I think that there's, you know, there's, there's room for other ideas. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential still. This is still a relatively young space. And, um, I don't know if the natural foods industry in general or the plant-based foods industry specifically, but I don't know if, if we have to follow the model of conventional food or if we should be building something that's very, very different. Yeah. And that's what I was getting at. And I, I think it's ripe for disruption because technology is is now at our fingertips. So wait and see. We'll have to circle yeah. back. Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> well, so uh, as we kind of wrap up, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Upton's Naturals? Uh, yeah. So we have been. Um, 
in business since 2005, 2006. Um, I joined the company in 2010 um, when we were uh, making four varieties of seitan and we're selling exclusively in the Midwest. Um, you know, now we've expanded, um, nationwide and into, um, about 20 countries, uh, with over 20 different products, um, retail products. Um, what are some of your big sellers? Yeah, uh, we make um, a, a line of uh, seitan, which is how we started. We started a seitan company. Um, our Italian seitan was one of our first first products. Um, we also make a line of jackfruit. We have some packaged meals. We just launched our first um, vegan hot dog called the Up Dog. Uh, I saw that. Upton's Naturals. I love it. (laughs) Um, And you're in Chicago. I mean, come on. You've got to have something there. Yeah, we're 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 a very Chicago company. We're very Midwestern. Um, You know, Chicago is an amazing food city, and and we you know have a lot going on here. Uh, And and also this year we launched a line of canned soups, which is a totally new new thing for us, which contains seitan. and we have a couple of restaurants here in Chicago where we're, uh, we're kind of always, always doing something. Did you just say you launched a meal program? Uh, we have, um, we have a, pa- like a package shelf stable meal, meal kits and a couple of vegan macaroni and cheeses, which are part of our product line. Those seem to be growing in popularity, those meal kits. Again, they tend to go in cycles. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we launched those a few years ago. And so at that time, they were, you know, when when people still worked in offices, they were a nice thing to just have on hand in your desk in case, you know, you need a quick lunch, whatever. Um, But they're still great. You know, they're good for for camping, traveling, um, and just quick meals at home. Yeah. I love them. I mean, that's, we're also busy with life and things outside of work that it, they, those just fit in beautifully. Um, so this is a good opportunity for you to, to put a shout out if there's any particular need that, that your company has when it comes to, um, talent. You know, a lot of people are listening and maybe there's a need somewhere in the country or in your headquarters office. I, I don't know what, you know, what the needs may be, but you're welcome to, um, put it out there. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe someone's listening to, and has that particular skill set for you. Um, yeah, well, we are not actively looking, but are potentially interested in expanding our sales team. So, um, would prefer somebody based in Chicago. And, um, we also have been looking, uh, in Chicago for an operations manager for our restaurant side. So someone, um, someone to work at on our, on our restaurant concepts. So, those are two areas that, you know, maybe we should chat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you put it out there and these things go viral and someone might just show up. Maybe they'll, yeah. they'll find you on, on LinkedIn. Is that, a, is that new, this restaurant concept? Is that, uh, maybe I missed that. 
Yeah, we, um, no, it's not that new. We opened the restaurant about eight years ago. We actually uh, had moved facilities. We built um, a factory with a, with like a restaurant cafe, um, which is why we named it Upton's Break Room because it was literally where everyone ate uh, at that time. Uh, and so we opened a small restaurant cafe, you know, not that much seating. Um, we opened that when we had moved into that building eight years ago. Um, since then our production outgrew that space. And so now we have another, uh, another factory. Um, but the restaurant remains. So we have a restaurant there. We have a, we opened a vegan donut shop last year. Um, Oh my gosh. Those liberation (laughs) donuts look so good. They are delicious. Um, and I, I, live, I live on uh, the third floor of that. Oh my God. All the smell, complex. right? Yeah. I live above the donut shop. It's a real that is lifestyle. Deadly. <laughs> that is deadly. Well, it just forces you back out onto the yoga mat to do more, you know, more work, more work. Yeah. You definitely have to, um, you have to have, I don't know. So you have willpower. to have a Let's little bit of it. You have to have willpower, you know, come on. <laughs> Well, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you one final question. As I've already said, we're wrapping up, but you know, so many people come on and they they do talk about their superpower, something that they do really, really well that's enabled them to be so successful. And would you like to share something that you do really well in business that maybe other people should try to emulate that has helped you get business done and, and kind of, you know, win at work? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it, if it works for, for everybody, but you know, I consider myself kind of willing to do anything, um, within reason. Um, but you know, you're very open-minded. You're not real rigid in other words. Well, whatever job here needs to be done, um, if I'm available to do it, I'll do it. You know, if it means, you know, if it means I, I walk downstairs and the restaurant's busy and someone needs to run the register for a little while, I run the register. If someone needs to wipe something down, if something needs to be swept, if, you know, if something's broken, um, I think just being willing to do whatever needs to be done. And even if that's an ongoing task, um, that, you know, you're able to take on for, you know, for a period of time, I think just, um, you know, I meet, um, a lot of young entrepreneurs who think it's going to be different. They think that, um, you know, that, that they're, you know, they started a company and now they're a CEO and, you know, they're an executive and there are certain things that they don't do. Exactly. I think that there's nothing below or above anybody's title. Um, you do what needs to be done, uh, as a team. So, um, I think that that's, you know, a really valuable lesson to learn early, um, that, you know, if you can do it, do it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know that I can add anything to that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that the best people that I've, you know, worked with have operated that way. So I I think, you know, it just, it just creates a nice, a nicer environment for everybody when, you know, there isn't that mm, perceived hierarchy. (laughs) Haughtiness. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, that's, um, 
a big part of, of what I have to do in, in the talent world is, you know, hone in on that company's culture and help them attract and find that, that soft skill, right. That mm-hmm. fits into the culture. I mean, you hear it all the time. You have to have culture if you don't. And that's what you're talking about. So for those of you out there that are listening, you better have that if you're going to contact Nicole, <laughs> otherwise don't even bother. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a, and, and to, to, to expand upon that, I guess, in terms of, you know, recruiting and having a staff, like, I think there's a difference between that and expecting too much of people, you know, pushing people too hard, um, which is often, you know, described as, you know, as a necessary environment in kind of a, in kind of a a startup situation or a smaller business situation. Um, I don't think that you should, impose on people's personal time or, you know, things like that. But I do think that, you know, when you're at work, if there's something needs to be done, I don't know, just do it. (laughs) Good clarification. Well, Nicole, this has been, uh, quite a deep dive. I think we covered a lot. I think people have learned a lot about the nuances of trying to grow and develop a business in the plant-based space and some of the challenges that, you know, the headwinds and the stumbling blocks that are out there in the, in the protein world, the, um, there is an old saying and it was when you're, when you're receiving flack, you know, you're over the target or when you're getting Mm. flack, you know, you're over the target. So (laughs) that should show you, you know, that you're, you're, you're making headway. Yeah, I guess that's good to know. (laughs) I mean, it's, I'm an optimist. So that's how I have to process, you know, when people come after something, you know, if they try to tear you down, it's obviously because you're doing something good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they would just leave you alone and you're, you're irrelevant. Um, and you're not. So thank you, Nicole, very informative. And I'll put links everywhere. You know, when we do, um, publish this, you'll be able to, to find her, you'll be able to find Upton's naturals. You'll be able to find a link to the PBFA. Is that, is it PBFA.org? Um, or dot com. Oh no! Oh god! Uh oh! I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> you know. Uh, now I'm gonna have to go check. It's plantbasedfoods.org. Dot <laughs> org. Plantbasedfoods.org. So we did have a dot org in there. So we'll yep. get all that. <laughs> we'll get all that tagged. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me.